ting, 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 ting. I'm going to put my degree in some thousand album dressing. I got postgrad depression. <laughs> Anyways, here we are. Another week, another episode. Welcome to Really Grown Shit, the podcast for the 20-somethings that ain't doing nothing. I am your host, the infamous Tashia J. Now, I ain't saying nothing to scare you. Like, this is some real shit, y'all. Really real shit. Graduating from college is supposed to be the time of reflection, you know? We shouldn't place one feeling over another, but I understand the general feeling is happiness, you know? We done done with school. You ain't got to pay no more. Loans, what are those? A celebration of all your hard work. At the same time, folks are sad. They're going to miss out. They're going to miss their out-of-state friends. The parties, the pre-games. If you want to continue your education, you actually have to pay for it yourself. Scholarships are limited, all that shit. But I feel that during this time where I'm just transitioning out of graduation, um, we aren't told that the mixture of emotions that this transition can trigger. And it can have negative effects on our mental health. You know, post-grad depression is very real, like... It goes beyond just having a job or a plan lined up or not. Adjusting to life without school since it's been our lives for these years is enough to make someone feel lost and also compare yourself to others. This is why I don't fuck with social media when I'm depressed because I start looking at this shit and I'm like, ah, you start comparing yourself to people like, listen, I'm stuck in my bed, minding my business, and this person is living their best life. Eh, but it's okay. But I know, but here's the issue that gets on my nerves is that I know that colleges and universities aren't valuing mental health, the mental health of their students like they should. You know, they'll give a shout out to mental awareness like once a semester and have like their whole percentage of students fight over the five, maybe 10 on campus psychologists that y'all give. And I just say, looking back, I feel that the colleges and universities that claim to value the mental health of their students should offer more sort of like a transitionary course or just something to ease that transition because everyone everyone who comes to college is coming from different backgrounds. You have students who are low-income, first-generation college students. You have people who are given their education on a silver platter. You have people who've never been challenged as they are being challenged before in their life. There are people who are being independent on the first time. You know, it's like a lot of shit going on. And I remember my experience when I went to school, the best way they tried to tell us was that at our school clinic was that, oh, you get five free visits with our, with our on-site therapist. And they were per year. And so I sit there and I'm like, all right, so I don't think this is effective because I'm spending every all these five visits I'm spending to figure out if I even like the therapist that you're giving me if I'm even enjoy like just we feel feel this fill myself out and my tuition damn near paid everybody's salary on campus well not my tuition but everybody who goes there it's like the chancellor the dean the staff the faculty like everybody on that campus owe me money owe me something and like I said I should be able to get a therapist that could actually support me through my through my through my college career instead of having to fight with all the other students who listen to 
a hundred types of problems throughout the day and just are on call for every student. Like I need like my, like me personally, I need my own personal person. But anyways, I want to say one of the reasons why we kind of have a weird transition out of college is simply because college is like a mini world. Like the inhabitants, AKA the students, we're not really aware of the struggles that may await when our little utopian society we call college vanishes the day after graduation, you know? It's like, you'll come, literally, the way I can describe the transition for me was, okay, if anyone here is a SpongeBob fan, then you know that Sandy is the only person who can breathe, who can breathe air, right? And the day that SpongeBob actually came to her um, house, whatever, this nigga almost died because it's like, there's no water, there's no water. Yeah, that's that same feeling you get after postgrad. It's like you walk out and you're just like, oh, everything's fine, everything's dandy, and then I. But anyways, with all that being said, I want to say to my folks who are going through this, you are not alone. Some of y'all have graduated in May, while others who are reading, who are listening to this might have graduated from earlier classes, like 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, the list keeps going on. Regardless, I feel your pain, and I feel your passion. I know shit may not be where you want it to be right now, but think about it like this. Everything happens for a reason. Things change like the seasons. Shout out J. Cole. <laughs> Um, but I just say, give yourself a chance to feel those emotions. Give your chance, a, give yourself a chance during this time to just reflect and reflect. Um, today's episode is about post-grad depression, as I mentioned before, and we have a nice show for you. So with that being said, just give this a good on listen. Hey, girl, remember how we met? You know, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I mean, I remember a little bit vaguely. Mm-hmm. I remember. So, we were in an elevator. We were. So, we were in an elevator. Wait, wait, wait. Let's take it all the way back. Okay. Oh, shit. All right. So, first I met... She was on a previous episode, Lauren. And she basically was like, I have these cool friends... And it was like Tashaya and a couple other friends. Tashaya had on this cheetah print cat suit with some ears. <laughs> she was stunting, honey. Stunting, honey. Yeah, this cheetah print cat suit. Didn't you have a cheetah print cat suit? Because she was Nicki Minaj. Oh, no, but it was some ears. You know what? She had the whole shebang. Go with it. And then basically, she's like, I don't need my friend. So then I came to the Apple floor, and now you can continue this. Yeah, okay. So basically, so I've already lived on the Apple floor for like a good semester. Mine came, what, spring semester. Right. And so, I remember walking on the floor, coming from winter break, and this girl with these big-ass eyes. And Shut she, up. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. So. <laughs> you know what I mean? on the podcast. It's really grown shit, baby girl. They they used to just love you. I oh remember, I remember when I first met you. I thought she was hot, and I thought she was a pothead. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's like she must be from LA." I always have this red eyes. This would be my home girl. This would be my home because when I tell you when I first came to Cal, I feel that I didn't see a lot of people from LA. I knew a lot of people from from LA, but I feel like Long Beach. Yeah, but yeah, distant cousins, distant cousins. <laughs> 
But then, then I feel like after that moment, I was like, you know what? Let me start fucking around with this girl a little bit more. And then she showed me, you showed me a hair product. So I was like, oh my God. I had hella. You have hella hair products. Oh my God, this is so great. Oh, we can do just hair. And I was, and I had just cut all my hair off too. So I was like, okay, let me try, let me try to finesse some of these products. And, you know, well. And I, I'm just playing. No, but basically, she was a great friend. I'll say I used to be by myself a lot. We're about to go into the topic, too. But basically, I used to be by myself a lot on the floor. But Tashai would always hit me up. She would always... Oh, God. It's getting emotional. Ma'am. Ma'am. I can't cry on the podcast. <laughs> it's it's going to be your first tears on the podcast. These but she would basically... <laughs> she would basically, like, always hit me up and take me to crossroads and be like, are you okay? And it just made me really feel good because I was by myself. <laughs> I was really by myself on that floor. So just, you know, you got a good uh, podcaster here. I can't do with you. Person. I can't do with you. Man, man, you need some tissue. Girl. No, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm hella crying. <laughs> but anyway, next. But I, but I feel like after that, after like us just like meeting on the floor, I feel like it was really sealed the deal when we started living together. Like in Afro House. Second year. Can we talk about my experience with the white people? Oh, so basically, oh shit. No, I was on the Afro floor. <laughs> And it was all white folk. It just in your room though. It was just, just in my room. So nobody would come in, but Tashaya was the only one who would come in. So like basically we go way back. This is freshman year. This is twenty sixteen. Like go back, go back. I had I had a heart. That's what it was. This was like, yeah, just 2016, 2016, we've been we for a long time. Uh, yeah, but back to Afro House. But yeah, so basically then we started living together at Afro House. And then I remember I was so pressed on trying to get a fucking double. Because I wanted to live in a double. I wanted to live in a certain room. Because basically, Afro House was a co-op. So you had to pick So you had to pick a room mm-hmm. if you had a certain amount of points and systems. And sh- it was a bunch of jack shit. points. And we didn't get points because we lived on campus. Anyways, so I was pissed because I was like, you know what? I don't want to live in no triple with no rando, with no random chick. And right. I don't trust nobody. And then Maya, and then Maya said, you know, we also have our friend Kiara. Shout out to Kiara. Hey, Kiki. Af- Queens of Afro Squad. And basically then after that point, me, Maya, and Kiara said, you know, fuck it. Let's all get, one of the, get into one of these triples and we'll bang this shit out. I really wanted to desperately be in their room, y'all. I was like across and I'll be like, lonely, Mr. Lonely. <laughs> well, and then I finally got in there. I finally, we were just like, we just had to just find a good room and we mm-hmm. did we found a great room and everyone always everyone kept telling us like y'all were we were like the perfect, perfect. trio perfect mm-hmm. trios like oh trios like, are hard very hard too because you know it's like sometimes like there's always like two against one or somebody just sitting there like i'm be by myself and so but then i remember one of my favorite moments had to be me and Bia. we were always in some adventures always mm-hmm. in the ship we would be coming home at like 5 a.m sometimes shots o'clock Shots o'clock. Ooh. That wasn't me. I was DD. <sighs> this is the thing. So the way the, the trio was, it was, uh, what was it? it was Maya, sh- Maya with the driving. No, Maya with the help. Help. Tashai with the ox. And Kiara with the drinks. Oh yes, yeah, because Kiara was the old, was the older person mm-hmm. in the group. She was like she was like our big sister. We always wanted Basically, yeah. <laughs> our big sister. We always wanted. Um, 
And so, yeah, so I remember all this shit going on, and that was a fun, and that was so fun. We all come home at like 5 a.m. and stuff like that. We used to be on the roof of our house. And... Oh my god, those rooftop views were remember, lit. Remember, the, I remember the first time I actually walked up here, I was stuck. I was like, y'all brought, y'all told me go up there. I was like, I don't want to come down. Mm, I don't want to come so down. pretty. Oh my god, that's so cute. But I remember one, we would be having these adventures. I remember one adventure in particular. This shit, this is bad. This is bad. We were procrastinating for some papers. Of course. And I remember we it was coming late from the library. We had to take the train up to Afro House. We was not finna walk train the bus. The bus, the bus. We had to take that bus up to Afro House. We was not finna walk up that damn hill. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to pay no Uber. I was not finna pay no Uber. No, no, no. No, no, my bank account was low. And there was, we were walking down, we were walking down Telegraph. And I just see this a random homeless woman just turn the corner and that bitch was running we was running too you no, know no, black people no no, no. i was just in there and you was sitting there I was like why are you running to show the white she's like why are you running and i was like y'all do you not see this? <laughs> y'all have y'all seen white chicks remember when they when they the uh the old lady got her purse stolen or something and then he started running she was running like that she was like that, she was going that hard. bitch was about to be on a track team. I was like, "What is she about to do?" Mm-hmm. I was like, uh-uh. "I said no." Mm-hmm. And I was running too. I was scared. And no, I was in the back. No, I'm sitting there like, "What you not for?" Because I was carrying a lot of crushed cargo with me. I had my laptop. I had my phone. I was like, "Ain't nobody about to hit a lick on my ass." Because that lick. No, no, because no, let me tell you something. In Berkeley, they are so people get their shit robbed so easy. You see how they be, niggas just be chilling. Well, not niggas, but <laughs> yeah, we smart. You know, we, you know what I mean. People just be in the fucking libraries, just chilling, just sitting there, fucking doing their homework. A whole ass motherfucker will just take their laptop yeah, exactly. out that seat, and they ain't gonna Have do nothing. Door. And they ain't gonna do nothing. Mm-hmm. They can't run out the door. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody gonna chase them either. They'll right. just, all they're gonna do is call the police department. That's so sad. That's so sad. It but but well, I'm really grateful about you as a friend because I kept yeah. you all the way till graduation. And past graduation. I mean we I mean we I mean yeah, past graduation. You know, honestly I said it when I first came to college they always say like the people that you they tell you that weird shit like you know, you look around this room. The people look to that, left. Look, look to your right. right. The person over here will not be at the end of your college. And grade. you made it. And I was to, here. And you was here. High five. Yes, let the record show that was a high five. <laughs> <laughs> and so one thing that I remember, but I feel like it was like it was really different. Like my grad, like the way I feel experienced graduation, just because I was just more involved with other shit. I didn't really feel. Like I was graduating until I actually left Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel like I graduated until I actually left Berkeley. Like I remember I was on a senior class council and I was planning all the programs, trying to get everybody together just to go to general commencement. And I was like, "Oh, y'all gonna see me on stage?" And then it rained. It rained, and I was like, "All right, fuck it. I don't want to be here no more. I just want right. to go. I just want to go home." And then when black grad came, I mean, I didn't even speak a black black grad. But it was just like, I just felt like I had fun. Just because it was just like, okay, it's all the black she people. She was wasted. Uh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Okay. Sorry, okay, not, I mean, actually, no. I mean, cats at the bag. Cats at the bag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cats at the bag. Yeah, I was drunk at black grad. 
I was, was like, are you okay? That was the fucking best time to be drunk on campus. No, honestly, that's the thing. Everybody was trying to be drunk for a general commencement, and they was like, oh, we're going to come to Pappy's in pregame at 6 a.m. That is not ethical. Black grad was at 7 p.m., so that means you could have made it in time for a happy hour. It was mm-hmm. happy hour somewhere, and I got happy, too, because, oh, no, 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 they bought... Listen, they bought all the big bottles out when I graduated. They had 1942, the Doucet, the... The Doucet. The Doucet. Oh, baby, I do not play with the Doucet. <laughs> but I'm ready how that shit. It was a party. I was like, ah. Ah, it was so crazy. And then when I was so sad, because like, at the same time, all the party going on, I got to pack up on my shit because I'm an RA. So I got to fucking get out. I had to get out that apartment. I mean, that was a great room, but I was like, it oh. Was. Well, for me, uh, my graduation experience was traumatizing, to say the least. Mm. Um, So, I am a big procrastinator. Everybody knows that. But I procrastinated so bad, y'all. Don't give me a whooping. I was writing my final paper during my commencement. I was finishing it the same day. And I ended up writing a four out of eight page paper. And I got a C. Thank God I got a C in the class. I graduated mm-hmm. still with a 3.6, so we still in there. Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that I did that, and it crushed me because I'm such a hard worker. Like, I'm really hard on myself, and I just couldn't believe I did something like that. So, And I also had, like, a little education assignment that was due. So all of Black grad, I'm thinking about the education assignment. I'm thinking about how I didn't do that paper correctly, and I'm beating myself up mentally. And we're going to go into, like, the effect that had on me later, but it was just very, like, a lot. Like, I was mentally there, but I was, like, anxiety all over my body. Like, I felt jittery. I felt like like I was starving. Like, I couldn't eat. Like, I just felt, like, sick physically because of all the anxiety. And it was just really scary because I feel like sometimes they just, like, push you into college and they just mm-hmm. kick you out. Like, I feel like I got spat out. Like, I don't feel like I got a proper transition and I wasn't ready for what was to come. And I was, like, broke by then. I was surviving off of MCC meals, our multicultural community center, surviving off of those meals. Like, I was, like, broker than a joke. So, no, it was it was a hard graduation, to say the least. That's what the fuck happened to graduation. Graduation is, like, it's a bittersweet time because I want to say for a lot of us, we just be like, okay, I'm not going to be here come tomorrow. Come tomorrow, I'm on a flight back home. Mm-hmm. Or I'm probably going to start my new job, my new life somewhere else. Right. So I'm going to keep running this shit till it's dry. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the brokers of the brokers. I was, you know, I knew how to mask my bumminess in graduation. Yeah. I was really, because when I tell you every day, I was packing up shit for my apartment in my apartment, trying to put food on them boxes and shit. Every, mm-hmm. I almost, I literally bust, literally like, but got a scar on my leg. From, not just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, that's because I hit my L. I hit my my leg somewhere. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. Hit, and so I was like, oh shit, over here trying to rush to shave my legs. I got mm-hmm. a bunch of razor scars on my shit. I was making it work though. Yeah, you look cute. It's like, you can't even tell me shit about how I was looking at You know, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we did good at it. But it's like, Oof. I want to say it's like, even though it was like a fun experience, it's like, it's a nice, weird point where we start reflecting on life. We start reflecting on our life before graduation. We start reflecting on, oh, how did all this, all the shit that I did four years ago mm-hmm. get me to where I am today? And right. then it's like, at that point, you don't, 
you don't work for anybody else. You are free unless you have unless you have a job. Then that's like that's terrifying. Like just imagine. I don't want to explain it. Like imagine you being like in a bubble your whole life, like just a structured bubble, mm-hmm. and like everything's in there, and then literally it pops and you're free falling. Like you're falling off a cliff almost. Like it's like like post grad is like it takes all the structure away. It takes all the the things that are known and it's just like hey go into the world and figure it out like figure it out completely and it's scary as hell like it, it terrified me it, i agree i agree because i mean that's the thing it's like a lot of times some of us when we came to college i said this in my earlier video where it's like we were very independent when going to school you know it's mm-hmm. like that was the time we actually were able to be ourselves right. figure out what kind of adults we were going to be figure out how we want to live our lives we got a chance to pick our own groceries right like you know it was like the in the simple things like we got the chance to put more initiative into our lives and then it's like when you come home and you start realizing everything else it's like oh <laughs> you like your life expectations you Tried. I feel like when I was in college, I had such a schedule. I scheduled my life up until after graduation. We're just like, oh, I'm going to get a job somewhere. I yeah. don't know where. And she was applying like crazy. I mean, we all was. We all was. We applying. Mm-hmm. I was just applying and shit just because. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was getting a few callbacks, interviews, internships in there, but it wasn't necessarily my calling. I was just getting more so just experience because I realized. I a lot of my jobs beforehand, they were just like, Oh, you're a friend you're you're hella connected with these people mm-hmm. so you can just skip the interview. Right. I never really got I had that's kinda of one of the privileges I had of just like being a sociable person. I was just able to just bypass a lot of shit. And But the real world is different. Yeah, hell yeah. So I mean you're gonna get some lose some losses, you're gonna get some wins. I mean, like I it mean like me personally. I thought my first job after graduation was going to be a big position, something where like, I'm working at a company, some mm-hmm. shit like that. Like, I'm working at a mall. I'm working at a part-time position. And she got a job. I, I'm working at a part-time position. And it's like, that is like when I want to say my post-grad depression kind of, it didn't hit me the most, but it's kind of like, that's when you start to re-question everything. It's like, I spent all this time to get, for these four years to get this diploma and this is where I've gotten so far. I mean, it's like, I'm not saying I'm doubting the process of doubting everything. Like, I understand, like, you know, when you first get out of school, you know, you're going to have to get some jobs you don't like. Right. You're going to have to put yourself in some situations that you don't want to be in. I feel like for me, it was just because I want to say because I didn't have like that retail experience. I didn't have um, that experience to just work at a mall and deal with other crazy ass people in the store I now most of my job beforehand my first job was office job mm-hmm. I kind of just skipped everything and so when I got now that I'm working there it's like I'm getting adjusted to just like dealing with folks and actually being more communicative and actually hi my name's Tashaya welcome to yada yada how can I help you oh mm-hmm. I had to put on my little white collar voice and I gotta dress up every day but I mean, hey, capitalism—that's that's the way this works, and this is how mm-hmm. to deal with life. <laughs> so how to deal with it? Yeah, it's really hard. So I'm gonna go. So that's like Tashai's experience with post grad depression. I'm gonna go deep into mine. So this mine is like super personal, but 
I feel proud to talk to y'all about it. Thank you for um, sharing. Yeah, because like it's like I think people need to know this, and people don't talk about this story at all. And I'm like a 22 year old black woman who's unashamed of the stigma that comes with um, depression. And I know a lot of people do a post-grad, but mine hit like a ton of bricks. So the first week I got out of college, it was like a couple weeks later. First of all, I couldn't even pack up my own room. I was that devastated on my paper or whatever. So my parents packed up my whole entire room and like moved everything because I just could not physically move. Mm-hmm. So it hits you in that way where it makes you very sluggish and slow. And then when I get came home, it was something really scary happened. Like I had a whole week where I couldn't sleep for days. Like, and then I woke up and I was like dry heaving is when you like throw up nothing basically. And mm-hmm. I was like at home, I was writing. And if you see my writing, it looks like chicken scratch. <laughs> <laughs> like I literally was going crazy. Like, like I had a mental break and I just couldn't think like I was like what is going on with me what is wrong I was thinking about heaven and hell and I was just going I was like really tripping like it was over and that basically I eventually was able to sleep thank god shout out to my cousin Danielle who like held me down through through it she's like so sweet and my mom and dad especially my mom who like was there for me every day but like after that every day for two months and I didn't talk to Jashaya for a little bit of that too because I was just tripping but, like, I thought about dying every day. Like, every day I was imagining my funeral. And that's really scary because you're only 22 years old. Why would you imagine your funeral? But mm-hmm. that's what mental illness does. Like, it, it really literally messes with the mind and makes it's Your mind is mentally not well. It's unhealthy. So I had, like, that's why I want to talk to you all, too, about, like, suicide and, like, what that means. Like, maybe even we could put some hotlines on here. Um, for it, for people who are dealing with it. Of course, I'll put the links on Yeah, we'll put links too about it. But like, just like, what do those thoughts look like? Like, you know, you could have suicidal ideation where you're thinking about death and you could have suicidal active, like active suicidal ideation where you're actually thinking about a plan. And mine went as far as a plan that I was never going to act on. So (laughs) it went really bad. Like I was thinking about harming myself. And I was supposed to be in the hospital, but I never went. But this was all over two months. So just imagine every day, like, your brain saying, destroy yourself, destroy yourself. Like, it was really intense. So the post-grad hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, I'm never going to have a job. I'm going to live with my parents for the rest of my life. Like, because I had a job lined up. I had two jobs lined up. And I had to quit both of them because it's, like, actually debilitating. Like, you have short-term memory loss. I can't remember what... I don't really remember my summer. You have um, trouble concentrating on activities. So, you know, if you're thinking negative 24-7, you're not going to be able to think of anything besides negativity. Like, I would be talking to people, and I would be like, my mind would be somewhere else. And literally, it feels like you're in, like, a dark hole in yourself. Like, it feels like you're at the bottom of a well inside of your own body, and you have to climb out. So, I just want to, like... But you climbed out, though. I climbed out. God is good. And basically, that's major depressive disorder, what I was dealing with. And people deal with, like, generalized anxiety disorder, a lot of different disorders. And I just want to, like, talk to y'all about it because I know some of y'all are in college right now and y'all are dealing with it. And mm-hmm. I know suicidal thoughts are common. 
And I know black kids right now are dying at higher rates because of it. And I just want y'all to know you're not alone and you can't let the depression win because depression speaks to you and it tells you things that aren't true. So as much as you can, you have to like be able to tell yourself these thoughts are not true. These feelings are not true. Like these are just thoughts. Thoughts aren't facts. Thoughts mm-hmm. are just feelings and they can fleet away. And when you start externalizing the depression, like I'm not a depressed person, I'm dealing with depression, that's when you can start overcoming it. And ever since then, I've been like on a roll. If you see me, follow me at underscore M-A-I-T-I-M-3. On I hate Instagram. you. I know you did not just, I yeah. know you did not I'm just. I'm just saying, <laughs> let me just shout out. If you see me on Instagram, I'm losing my breath because I'm just so passionate about this. I know, you're doing great, but, girl. You're doing great. You're doing great. But if you really look at my Instagram, you'll see I've been like turning up like crazy. And With me, me? I mean, I'm I know it's a shock. She always knows all the parties. I mean. But, so we can talk about post-grad parties. Too. I mean, I could do that. Shit. I mean, I think it's like that's the, like, the, t- the end of the lie of the tunnel. It's like mm-hmm. I feel that with life after college is always a roller coaster. You're gonna get depression. I mean, yeah. I feel like you know it's a it's a harsh reality. I mean, like some people, the, I, there are people who literally walk around saying, "I'm going to act like everything's all peachy key because I don't want to be depressed." Yeah, and I feel and that's the thing. That was how I was. I was that person who was just like. I'm not going to get depressed because I'm surrounded by so many people who need my help. I can't be, I can't be that person. I can't be that person. I felt like I didn't have the time to be that person because I'm such a selfless leader. I'm such a person where I'm so used to giving my energy, giving my support, helping people out to where I couldn't even sit back and realize what the fuck was going on with me and, and that'll drive you to the ground i'm telling y'all right now caregiver people pleasing personalities if you're always pleasing everybody but yourself it will drive you to the ground hell yeah because then you start getting mad at people you start getting resentful yeah. i started looking After at burnout when you get burned out you start realizing i was like listen you start realizing, talking to people like hey i gave you so much love and energy where's it at what? And I and I didn't get none of that shit back. Right. And then you start getting really upset. And you start sitting here like, I don't want to fucking talk to this person no more. You go, you go ghost. You go Zoladella. So you're just like, I don't want to deal with them anymore. And yada, 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 yada. And we're back from our commercial break. Hey. All right. So what was I talking about? You know, it's okay. But basically, <laughs> at the end of the day, like I said, when depression is one of those things that's going to hit us. It's we don't expected to but when it hits us it hits us hard and we get that harsh reality check that we kind of wasn't going to give ourselves sometimes like i feel that for me personally like i'm still like my depression was going on all through all through the summer like even though i was a i'm a summer baby i'm a bird my birthdays are in summer i'm just like ah like i went through the shit where it's like i graduated but i knew i had i wouldn't i wasn't finished with all my requirements I knew right. that I was one unit shy and that the university was going to hold me until I finished this one unit. And I was like, bitch, I, what? I'm literally one credit shy. Are you kidding me? So it's like working towards getting that together. And then I was just trying to figure out, like, I knew I wasn't trying to stay home too long. Mm-hmm. My main goal was that I was going to graduate and because I got so comfortable having my own apartment on campus, I was like, oh, I can have my own apartment when I get home, wherever I find a job at, that's where I'm going to be living. That was my that was my ideal. 
And I feel like I got comfortable this summer. It's kind of like, you know, it's like I got real comfortable being home, being around family and just being adjusted back to life again. And it's like, even though it was like I knew my parents was around to help me and support me, it's like it felt like they were kind of enabling like mm-hmm. my behavior. Like I'm sitting here and it's like, I love this support. I love this guidance. But at the same time, it's like me being home, I can't be independent. It's too comfortable. I got comfortable on this damn couch. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what happened. And being at home, boundaries. So one thing you'll learn about a therapy, they're always going to tell you about boundaries. Emotional boundaries, mm-hmm. physical boundaries. Parents being your business. I'm not trying to shout. I'm not trying to at you, mom, but at you, mom. Like, I love you, mother, but you don't need to know my whereabouts, girlfriend. I would probably get whooped for saying this, but whatever. Everybody get their camera time. Everyone's getting their camera time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this really girl shit is when you have to realize, realizing that your family, you, your family did some crazy things. Mm-hmm. That's some real grown shit. It's like we don't... It's like things that we didn't really realize when we were younger. Because we just kept going with the shit. Just like, we got comfortable. And it's like, we don't know better. We just... We're, we're, we're babies. Right. We don't know. Yeah, you're more faced with reality. And you're also just faced with like feeling weird that I'm like, why am I at home? But then I'm grown. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. just like a weird feeling to like be home and like feel like... It just it just doesn't mesh. I always feel like adults in the same house just don't mesh. Like, especially, like, the different generations and stuff. Like, we're supposed to be on our own. That's why I'm going to the Bay Area next year. Hello. This girl's trying to make me move with her. She want yeah, me to, I she told want, her. She want me to move to the Bay. You know what? We got to think about this. If I don't... See, honestly, I feel like that's what tends, tends to happen to a lot of people. Like, once they have that big break where they get to move away from home... It's like that's when their independence comes in. That's when they get that nice adjustment to reality Adulting. and stuff like that. I mean, like, I've actually applied to, like, a few internships, like, in New York and other places just to put myself out there. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. You never know. So you never know where, because I feel like now we've graduated, we can take a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunities. Like, it's like, I feel that one of the things that I wanted to say was that. When I being a black graduate, there's always this world of opportunities that are presented to us, simply just because it's that we're breaking we're breaking boundaries that our ancestors couldn't do beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm the first person in my family to walk around with a college degree. My child will not. My child will be probably be the first to have a master's or first to get their PhD. You're who gonna knows? get your master's. Well, then. I mean, I ain't gonna get my master's, but I mean, who knows? I mean. It's, Contention on just how I mean honestly, a master's degree is kind of just how you feel. That's kind of just like if undergrad, if you thought undergrad was bad, I'm not gonna jinx it. We're gonna have people on the show who actually are currently either going to grad school or probably even going to law school, maybe even getting their PhD programs. I mean, who knows? I mean, I know too many damn people, so they want their camera time. They gonna get their camera time, right? <laughs> right. But um. I like I feel that it's like the old I feel like like within the generations as like these this past generation they could people like gen like what is it called the millennials millennials can go survive with a college with can be comfortable with a high school diploma they could have found jobs and employment mm-hmm. and it's like when they had a 
college degree, it was like a little boost up where it's like, oh, yeah, you can get a little bit more money in your paycheck if you want to do this and third. But it's like, I feel like now with our generation, because there's so many other opportunities of how what you can do post-graduation or post-high school, that like you don't have to, you're not just limited to just going to school or going to the workforce. You could, I mean, I can't even think of any other shit, but it's like going to the army, the military, Vacation, entertainment, vocational skills, like other Mm -hmm. shit. And it's like, I feel like if you go to school, when you choose to have going to school, the bar is more increased because more people are going to school now. It's like, all right, so y'all niggas can't just be comfortable with a bachelor's degree. Right. Like, why is it that, like I said, some programs will ask you, you need to tell you you need a master's degree and the starting salary is fucking fifteen dollars an hour. What? what am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? And that's yeah, like that's something. And that's the day I'm supposed to live with that salary, and I live in California. Like, what am I supposed to do? Give me twenty, please. <laughs> I'll take twenty. It's, it's like I would love if a place would give me. I just want a place to give me twenty dollars an hour. And literally all my benefits. That's all I need. And I'll be satisfied. More. 25. Well, well no. I, I say 22 just because that's how old I am. Because <laughs> I found another part. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's like they get these world opportunities. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. it's like I feel like you need more. You need, The more you need every year. And so it's like I'm sitting here and it's like I might have to go back to grad school. And that was one of the realities that I didn't want to face when I graduated college. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be done done with school. Y'all heard everybody down, everybody in college heard me say I ain't coming back. There is no reason for me to be in grad school cuz I BS my way through undergrad. Right. And so, and so then I'm saying it's called a B Yes, <laughs> a bachelor's in science. You have a science bachelor's. I got a bachelor's of science and bullshit, and that's what the fuck I got. Right. <laughs> but I swear to God, and literally, when I was over here learning, I literally realized I that what I wanted to do, I had to actually get a master's degree in order to actually get comfortable learning the skills, learning the trades, the shit that I needed to know, or just getting in touch with that network of people. I'm like, oh shit! I got scammed. Mm-hmm. I be sitting here like I didn't got scammed, but that's post grad depression. Post grad depression put these thoughts and these negative mindsets that have us re questioning ourselves. Post grad yeah. depression even will start hitting you as early as your senior year, make you start thinking, oh, yeah. make you start thinking before your senior year, make you start thinking like, do I need to stay? Really stay for this degree? Right. Like, I just want, like, literally, after my grandma died, I just wanted to graduate. That's just it. I don't really give a fuck about, any, about anything afterwards. It's just, like, all I wanted to do was just get that degree and go home. Get that degree and go. go. And you I don't call, call that. Easy no more. Just get, get it, it and go. go. Get, get it, it and go. I need my shit. They need to get my shit. Right. Now. Okay, also, I want to talk about something else that has stigma as well. <laughs> Excuse me, podcast. <laughs> 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 you made me fart. Wow. Okay. Okay, so basically, something else that has a lot of stigma is um, medication. So, I don't I don't encourage everybody to take medication, but if it is an option for you, a psychiatry, with your psychiatrist, don't be afraid to take it because of like, oh, what is it going to do? It's going to mess up my kidneys, my organs, blah, 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 blah. 
no, like, I have to take medication. I currently am on it. And like I said, I'm a 22-year-old black woman. Imagine the stigma. And it does help you. Like, it helps with your imbalances in your brain. And it can help you with a lot of these issues that you go through. But it, it's only a Band-Aid. It doesn't fix the problem. And I wanted to talk to you all about how post-grad depression or depression is basically when you're coping your stress outweighs your coping skills meaning you can't deal with it anymore so you never want to get to crisis mode so we're gonna go a little in depth about what are the things you can do now to combat it and what can you do to cope along with it so that way you don't get into crisis mode which is where I was at where I'm like okay life I'm done you know like it's scary Mm -hmm. because when you think about it it's like i've never wanted to die i didn't want to die when i was thinking about dying i really wanted to live but every time i got up and decided to live another day i was like really living you know and you never want to do that it's just your brain goes there like your brain is so powerful so i say really cultivate and protect your mind and your heart at all costs and that'll help you get through so that's probably my first tip Mm-hmm. That's one of your tips. I think one of my big my biggest tips I had to say was like for me personally, it's like mm-hmm. one of the, in order to get myself out of that crisis mode was that I had to take away I'd take a break from social media. Mm-hmm. I feel like the one of the main ways for I got sure. into crisis mode was that when I started looking at all my other friends thing. So while I'm going sitting here going through my depression, I'm seeing motherfuckers traveling, going studying abroad. It's all facade. It's all facade of social media. Social media will just set the fuck me up, basically. Mm-hmm. Like literally, if you're literally, I feel like if you're like, this is me preaching to something I don't even know. But it's like I feel like it's like when you're depressed, social media is just that fucking piece of candy right next to you. If depression is a bed, then social media is the covers. Ooh. Yeah, that I, I don't know. I'm trying to go deep here, but super it, hot fire. Super hot fire. You know, shy thunder on the track. Amp. <laughs> Damn. That's my rapper name. <laughs> but um, it's like, that's what I feel like. It's like social media is, is one of those tools where it's like it can help us or it can hurt us. Right. If you look at it too long, like that's why they have on your phone how much time you're spending on your social networks. Even mm-hmm. though we say, quote unquote, we're supposed to be net- hanging, like talking to friends, uh, you dealing with a toxic ass man on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You... Don't worry about him, boo. You swiping right and left on this motherfucker on hinge. Ooh, you look for me. Like I'm, I mean, don't even think about that. But like that. <laughs> but it's like we're doing all this stuff, and it's like that's it's that we're thinking it's helping us because it's like oh I'm putting myself on the map, but really it's damn near hurting us because then we start realizing you know it's like this is this is like one layer of a of a friendship. I actually have to see this person. That part. <laughs> That's the, that's the part we keep forgetting about social media. We actually be like, oh, I actually have to see you after this. If I, I'm talking all this big shit over the phone, over text messages, over Skype calls, over all that shit. Oh, I got to see you in person. Right. And oh. also with social media, like, I was posting when I was going through all this stuff. And you would never know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm at a wedding. It's a great man. I'm on, I'm going on vacations. You would never know. So, mm-hmm. like... You just never know what people are going through behind the scenes and just don't assume, you know, like really try to take it for face value. Because mm-hmm, I feel like when you take a break from social media, like when I took my, my break wasn't even that long. I just say I just stopped posting shit for like a good two weeks. 
I just wasn't on my Instagram for like two weeks. I just quote unquote said I lost my password, said I forgot my password. Right. And when I did that, like, even though Instagram was like, it was the biggest social network I was, that was when I was playing with a lot. So I kind of just, oh, turned my time over to other things. You know, the time I was spent on Instagram, I decided to go to the gym. Like, I don't really, like, that's what I kind of do. I mean, I didn't realize, I didn't even realize that's how much time. Also, I really spent a fucking hour and a half at the gym. <laughs> exercise is a wonderful coping skill for depression and anxiety. Hell by the way. Yeah, yeah, it really, yeah. really helps. It gives you endorphins, but it also helps like with extra energy to to help you take off extra energy that you have. So it's almost as good as the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, but one tip for me is opposite action. So I'm going to give you all some therapy gems. Opposite action comes from the cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And it basically means do the opposite of what you're thinking that you want to do. So if you want to isolate, be around people. If you want to think negatively, try to think of a more balanced, positive thought. And that goes more into what I'm saying about like combating negative thoughts. So externalizing your your illness. Like if you have depression, mm-hmm. externalizing and be like, this is the depression talking I, I am going to be great one day. You might have a thought, oh, I'm never going to make it, or I suck and all my friends are better, but more balanced thought is, well, my friends are doing great, but I also am doing great things. And list them out. Do affirmation uh-huh. charts. I track my depression. I have a wellness tracker. I track my depression every day and put a scale of where it's at. Um, the art of bullet journaling. Um, I suggest oh, yeah, everybody. in this bullet journaling. Yeah. Shout out my uh, line sister, Kristen. Who put me on, but look it up today, y'all. If y'all don't look it up, we coming for you. We gonna beat you up. But I'm just playing, we not, we don't endorse violence. But um basically <laughs> <laughs> basically bullet journaling is when you um it's like you use bullets, so like circles and like each bullet means something. So if you fill in a circle, that means you completed the task, you have fill in, you started it. And you also have collections in there, so I have my depression ch- collection. I have a collection of famous quotes that I say or know. I have a collection of movies. And then every day I write down my progress. I track my wellness. I track if I drink water. I track if I exercise. If I wore my retainer at night. If I did affirmation. I have emotional gratitude check-ins every single day. Um, and, and that's and that's crazy. Cause that's, that's great. That's like a part of growing up. And it's like I feel like, mm-hmm. like now as adults we start taking like more care of like our simple needs. Like... Congratulations, you got 64 ounces of water today. Exactly. Congratulations. So Congratulations. Did you get eight hours of sleep? Exactly. Did you eat three square meals a day? What? What the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to cuss on here, but what is three square meals? Yeah, that don't make really the, the, the actual Just think phrase. about it. It makes three, no sense. Three square meals on the plate. I mean, drum roll. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know. But I feel like another tip I can give is that um, get a change of scenery. Get a change of scenery. That, nature. Nature. I literally, everybody needs 30 minutes of nature outside. Everyone needs 30 minutes of nature outside because I feel like once you just have the time just to talk to the earth on some hippie shit, if you just have time to talk to the earth and just smell i mean it's smog and i mean there's not really that much yeah, it don't smell too hard it don't, sm- it, don't smell, it, it don't smell too good out here but i feel like 
even though the air is bad, as long as you get to go outside and just actually just see how the world is working around you, sometimes that's what helped me out of my depression. I mean, because this thing is like, there'll be days where like, it's like, I don't want to go outside. It's I'm, called isolation. And to get away from the isolation, what do you do? You throw your ass outside. I mean, like, one, I mean, I think one of the, this is so, this is a backward example. <laughs> Oops. This is a backward example, but I feel like everybody who's who struggled to swim has that story about their parents just throwing them in the pool and saying, go nuts. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. I mean, that's kind of the same way with me. I mean, I kind of like, all right, somebody's, you got to go outside. Somebody got to do this. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always like, it's kind of like that forest. Not really forest, but just like, oh, I just got to go outside. Like it's a chore. And I'm like, might as well. Do something else when I'm outside. I might as well look at the look at the sky. Meditate, meditation. I might as well meditate while I'm out here. I might as well give me my my daily dose of melanin. Deep breathing. Mm-hmm. These are all coping skills. Visualization. So visualizing like um, a island or something really pretty. Um, that's a coping skill. Grounding. So counting your senses when you're having anxiety attack. Y'all, this is free therapy. I need to be paid. You know, we might as well be a therapist. You might as well go back to I school. Know, I, might as, I think I might be a school a child therapist. Oh, my God. You found a different word. Maybe. I want to be a teacher, but we'll see. I mean, you can figure it out. I, I mean. don't do both. <laughs> yeah. And then also, just in general, I was going to say parting is a coping mechanism. Parting? As in P-A-R-T-Y-I-N-G. As in going to the club. I think going to the club is because it's a form of socialization, a form Mm. of integrating into your community. You know, you can make parting sound deep. Like it's Oh really yes you great. can. Yes you can. And it's a lot of gyration. <laughs> you know, I can't say anything. A lot of I mean a lot of movement. I was gonna say a lot of endorphins are released. A lot of movement, so it's your endorphins. A lot of endorphins are released on the dance floor. Yeah. The first day I felt happy because I didn't feel happy for two months. The first day I felt happy was my birthday when I danced Aww. my life away. I actually felt euphoria. And that made me feel good. I was like, go friend, go friend. Mm-hmm. I read it. That was so cute. That was so cute. It was a really Aww. fun day. So. And then we'll probably find another day for that It's been one. a long time coming. I'm just like, that's the thing. It's like, that's, like, that's what kind of kept me by in college. That's the thing. We would be so stressed out during school year. We party, we party our asses off every once a month. We like a party, got a blast. No, my favorite, my favorite. I just finished the midterm. Party time. I know. Literally. I just got my test quiz back. I failed. Party time. But it was. I, like, I have a paper due tonight. Party time. <laughs> <laughs> but I swear to God, all that shit. Like honestly. It's like, even though it's like the financial burden now, it's like ridiculous how it's like everywhere I go, I have to pay to get in. Uh, a little bit. We've been getting free too. Well, I mean, but we've been coming so late, we can't uh, even get in free. Yeah, I'm talking about, yeah, that's the thing. The fact mm-hmm. there's a time limit. See, don't you remember when everybody was late and late? Late to things? Yeah, I'd rather be, I will get at the party at 11, 30, 12. I don't, I don't get to the party till midnight. The par- I am the party. Shit. I would, Literally. I would be sitting here, I'm like, so, shit don't get lit till I walk up in here. So, anyways, but we've done this great job of just leading people on with, not leading people on, but like giving people ways to deal with depression post-grad. and just post-grad life and just. Oh, another one. Have a I plan. have another one, but oh, you go, say go, yours. Go, go, you go. say yours. Have a plan. 
like having a plan somewhere to be something to do so what really helped me is having something to look forward to on the weekends Mm -hmm. so this is gonna be really weird y'all whenever i say this nobody understands what i mean but i had a i had a time where i couldn't see my future like i couldn't see past the day like i couldn't see i couldn't visualize Mm. anything positive all i could visualize was negative things in my future so me having a plan or something to do every weekend actually helped me to overcome my depression because it made me feel like I had something to look forward to and whenever you have a purpose in life like never lose your purpose and you'll be on the right track but yeah that's my other tip thank you for sharing thank you for sharing all right so my final tip will be surround yourself around positive people I want to say that's one of the biggest lessons about post-grad life. Post-grad life, the truth, it separates the real from the fake. There's going to be some people who you ain't going to talk to after May. There's going to be some people who you might cut off in June. You might cut off after your first job. You might cut off after this. And it's not because you just had to. It's just that's how the way life works. It's like people were, people, people are phases. Some people stay... Some people stay, some people go. And I say it's always the best because it's like, I said this, black grad was six months ago. How are we doing? College? Fuck, I'm going to just read you this shit over. Um, <laughs> shit, what did I say? What did I say? But um, I always say checking on your friends. Mm-hmm. Checking on your friends. I say checking on them people where you like, listen, if you always know Fuck it, I'm just redo this shit over. But <clears throat> my go away tip is surround yourself around positive people. The people, <laughs> people that you leave. Say out, it again. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again for those in the back. Say it again for those in the back. Check in on your friends. <laughs> I hear you. Check in. I I don't give a fuck. A check in could be you give you playing phone tag with them. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't even answer the fucking phone with each other. As long as you know this person was on your mind. Uh, listen, I, there are so many people where I literally text them and I say, just checking in. Hope you're doing well. Because I'm like, you're a person I value in my life. And it's like, listen, I don't want you to feel like you're going alone through your shit. So I'm like, I always say that if I'm going, like, I don't know what it is. But, like, every time I'm, like, really depressed, having a really depressed day, I always want to text people, checking in, hope all is well. Just because it's I can. Sweet. It's sweet. That's kind of, that's mostly just a cancer in me. Because that's my zodiac sign. I'm a cancer. I'm a cancer sun. Emotions. Cancer sun, Aquarius moon, and a Virgo rising. Oh, Virgos. <laughs> but I say one thing is, like, I'm a very... I always look out for other people when I'm like depressed or going through shit. And I, but I always say it's like when you check in on people, they'll check in back with you. They'll get you that validation that you want, but you're not asking for the validation. You're just asking for a check in. Right. Your healing so comes from other people. Exactly. It comes from other people. And so I, it's always like with community, community builds us together. And it's that I always say that with a lot of us who are going out. In the wilderness, and the wilderness, I mean the world, when we don't know what we're doing, and some of us think we're going to this journey by ourselves, and I always say, no, you have your friends, you have your people. So, my biggest takeaway to tell everybody to do is text a friend, text somebody. Everybody got homework. Everybody got homework. I don't give a fuck. I ain't no teacher. Actually, don't you want to be a teacher? You better give your fucking students some homework. You over here get. Right. Mine gave us a whole ass lesson on on post grad depression, 
And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, this girl ain't got her master's degree yet. That's crazy. <laughs> We need a master's degree. I mean, honestly, at this point, Me. <laughs> I mean, we all do. That's the problem. That's the problem. We need, we need, I need another job. I need another job or I need another degree. Like, if honestly, if undergrad was, if it was so easy, like the transition process from like uh, undergrad to graduate school, like was just like a quick turnaround day, mm. oh, I'd probably want to go back. If mm. I didn't, if I didn't, if I didn't have to reapply, I'd probably be in grad school. I probably would have. Yeah, but, so much application process. And the application process just gets so messy. It just gets so messy. But anyways, that is all for this week's episode of Really Grown Shit. Woohoo! You know, this is episode three. We got a lot more episodes to go. We got more fun. I know too many damn people. And so, there will be more people to see. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, mine's great. <laughs> Or whatever. That's great or whatever. But, you know, like I said, this is great. Love y'all. I will see y'all next week. Happy to shy Thursdays, you know. Featuring Maisie. Ha, 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 ha.